Welcome to the Mike Hewitt Show. 10 years and growing. It's about family, business, work, and politics like you've never heard it before. Yep, it's true. There's more than just a touch of wry humor mixed in. And now your host, Mike Hewitt. Folks, I am Mike Hewitt. Co-hosts Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedemdorski. Lud, because it's Christmas, I'm not going to make fun of you throughout this entire episode. Yeah, right. You're starting out there. <laughs> That's, that hurt my feelings, Lud. Right out of the gate, there you are on it. <laughs> Listen, this is uh, your topic, um, and I'm going to read the title from it. In fact, you sent it to me, I think. Uh, Major Southern California County considers <clears throat> seceding from state. That's from PBS.org. My notes. Oh, boy, there they go again. Uh, second question is, does that mean that the screwball far left in California gets two more senators. And then I added Lud's choice, of course. So Ludwig, tell us about this topic. Well, that's that's the nice part about this is that San Bernardino is pretty large. I didn't realize how large it was, but it's 2.2 million people. Yep. And they're actually tr- looking at secession because they're tired of the far left dictating the entire state's politics. And that's where they're coming from, is that have you this, ever, the far left has taken over the state and they have no more stay in it. Lud, have you ever been there? To San Bernardino? Yeah. No, I have not. Okay, and here's why I'm asking you, and this is all respect to both sides, all the different sides of the tribalized culture that we now have. So all the different factions, I say this respectfully, I spent seven months in San Bernardino, and for anybody to try to convince me that that was center or center right, it would take them a big stack of money to talk me into saying, yeah, that's center right, because it just ain't. And they they may have different penchants, they may have different flavors, but it's different flavors of far left. Miles, you've been out there to California before. Is that true? Oh, yeah. And did you see... When you went and you can't get anywhere away from the coast without without going through San Bernardino at some point, but I'm assuming you were there. And if so, did it strike you as very moderate or right wing? Uh, it was. It was closer to left than it was the middle. Yeah, that'd be fair. Listen, San Dimas is where I stayed, and San Dimas was probably a conservative little dinky teeny weeny red dot in the middle of a blue ocean and I, 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 but i got to tell you we we've touched on this topic on this show a number of times over the years there was a big signature drive out there i can't remember 2016 or so where they were wanting to break it in, into three sections you remember that miles bauer yep and then before that, I, when you and I were in school together, they were wanting to split California up. So this is not, and Lud, I'm not pushing back on you. I'm just thinking, holy smokes, can't those screwballs out there get along? I thought the right was the group that was having a civil war. But when I look at it, the left is going crazy still and again, but aimed at each other. That's how but I interpret it, this. But isn't that part of it that... <clears throat> what we would maybe call blue dog Democrats or the center left are looking at their own side going, 
the fringe has taken over. Unlike with the right, where the fringe has not taken over, that that's how far left they've moved. That a county that you consider to be leftist, how many ever years ago, is saying, "Wait, they're way too far left." The whole state that we need to leave. Yeah, I just, I listen. I just don't believe it. I that's the problem I have. I think this is a boondoggle, but I think it's aimed at more Senate representation. The idea that this is suddenly up up when the Senate is so 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 closely divided, they've got it now, but anybody paying attention to history knows that it's going to do what it always does. It blows back and forth in the wind. And they're looking at this. When I say they, I'm not talking about the five conservatives in California. I'm sorry. I, I'm talking about the Democrat Party are looking for opportunities to grow their side of the Senate divide. It's just math. Are they using some people? Yeah, probably. That's that. They're very good at that, I might add. That's not the point. The point is, is what actually do they get out of it? And what they get is more congressional representation in both chambers. That's what they so get out of it. So you're looking at it as more as, we'll shoot at our own, take a little, maybe a little flack, yet gain out of this. They're not, they're not taking any flack. They got people like you and I babbling about it, and that's good for their cause. They want more representation. But I said this, by the way, just so you know, I'm not reinventing the wheel just to push back on this topic of yours. I said exactly this in 2016 when they were trying to divide the state into three. Is there a conservative area in California? Absolutely. When they were going to divide it, was it going to be conservative on one side and liberal on the other? Nope. Who was going to win their congressional and Senate races? Liberals. That's all it was about. And that's so all I, this I, is about. It's the same reason, Lud, that they're wanting to make Puerto Rico. We're having that debate over Puerto Rican statehood. That's why we're having that conversation. And this isn't a coincidence. It's the same goal that, listen, the Democrats, I've said this now for a year, they are masters at the 1% game. They get how the process works. They control the bureaucracy. And these are all these are all paths to get what they want. That's got nothing to even to do with ideology, by the way. It's about power. Miles, am I all wet? Tell me. No, I think you're spot on. I want to be wrong. If that counts, Lud, truly, truly, yeah, I mean right. that respectfully. If I thought I was wrong, I'd be, Lud, wouldn't I be admitting it to you? Yeah, you should right now because <laughs> you tricked me. Yeah, I did. Last week when I sent you a topic, it was number nine Yeah, or eight. Yep. And I thought, wow, he actually recognized a good topic, put it number one. <laughs> and no, you put it number one to try to set me up and pick on me. <laughs> Miles, do you believe that? <laughs> you, you, you would never um, tease Ludd at all. You've known me since the mid-70s. Have I ever done that to anybody in all those years? Ne never, including <laughs> me. It seems I'm, I'm done sending <laughs> topics, guys. From now on, you're on your own. <laughs> Lid, listen, Lud, all jokes aside, I think this was a great topic. And I mean that earnestly, because what it does is it gives us an avenue to look at how Democrats work things. And I say that, by the way, even respectfully to them. They're very good at it. They've got their internal civil wars going on, but their Democrat machine keeps on marching no matter what. They are absolutely masters at looking for ways to garner a percent here and a percent there. 
And this is about how this is about government majority. They know that the seesaw will seesaw, and they want to make sure that it can't go that far. And if they could, they would they would love a single party system. Think about that for a minute. That's what I saw when I read your article, that they want a single party system, and I'm going to push back till my last breath. And so go ahead. Within that single party, then do yep. they just want? what we would call blue dog Democrats to be as far right as they possibly go. You know, I love, I got to stop you there. You I let you get away with blue dog the first time, but let's look at blue dog Democrats for a minute. <laughs> that's your guys' uh, term from the boomers. No, not that's not my term. <laughs> it may have been somebody's term 50 years ago, but there's no such look, mansion might be called a blue dog Democrat. What's the young lady's name from Arizona? Cinema. She, she might be called a blue dog Democrat. Of all of the elected officials they've got on a federal level, we've narrowed the blue dog Democrat swath down to two people. And neither one of them, I don't, she's already left the party because she couldn't stand a primary because she's that. And Manchin probably is done at the end of his term unless he goes independent, which good luck with that, or converts to being a, a Republican. That's just the reality of the math on the left. And by the way, meanwhile, the Republicans are running around like crazy people calling each other names. You're a rhino. You're an establishment. You're this. You're that. Yow, yowzers. Listen, folks, we've got to go to a break. Please stay with us because we've got a lot more. All right, folks, so you got to picture this. I'm telling the team here that it's Christmas and I don't want to go off on some wild rant. So what does my lifelong friend do? He starts show notes <laughs> with with an education tweak trying to get me ramped. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to be a good boy. I'm going to stay right here in my Christmas spirit. Miles Bauer, title of your article, Victor Davis Hanson, Our University's Doomed. He knows, folks, that I dive into the education thing every time I see it. But, Miles, tell us, what is Victor Davis Hanson telling us about the state of our universities? Basically, he's he's going in into it, and he's saying, look, and I know, I know I, I'm not uh, trying to go after you, Lud, but he's saying that the universities have forgotten how to – educate people and they have a completely different purpose now and they're leveraging government to keep uh, funding if if we're no longer going to train people to be able to have a job in in life then he's he's basically saying get out of there and go to on online training or go to vote tech school and leave this whole university uh, idea behind. Listen, and hang on a second, Lud, because he goes on to talk about what they've done with tenured teachers, et cetera, and yep. replace them with part-timers and adjuncts and all of that. And Ludwig, you're immersed in this culture. So I, I think both Miles and I are going to look to you. Give us some, give us some direction. I think, I think higher education is in free fall, but you're in it. So tell me, what you see 
Well, the irony is in what you just said about the adjuncts is, and this is, I think, part of the oxymoron syndrome of the left, is that they say one thing and mean another because universities are switching more to the adjunct part-time professor for one reason, benefits. They don't want to pay you benefits. Sure, it's about money. I faced this firsthand at one point that even when I was going to possibly coach at a university I was teaching, they had to verify it wouldn't make me full-time which would then qualify me for benefits uh, because of the number of hours worked per week between the, the ath- athletic team and the classroom. Right. And if you really believe in everybody deserves everything, then that shouldn't even be a question. And they are moving to that. It's not about the quality of education because the truth is as a student and even as a professor, I got more out of my professors who worked in the field for their life than those who went into a classroom and studied it. So you and per- that's the feedback I get from my students is you teach us more than just definitions. You teach us how it applies and how this works in the real world, and we love it. Right. Now, now listen, in your defense, I know I always tease you, but it is the Christmas spirit. In your defense, I have, I've spent hours over the course of our friendship reading the comments that your students have made about you on the system what is it, rate your professor? I can't remember the, the name of it anymore, but where your students can go online and literally write published um, critique or compliment of you. Um, I, and I got to tell you, I've, I've read hundreds of them. And of that, I think I remember one or two that were negative and it were people that were just negative people. You could tell by the way mm-hmm. they wrote. Everyone else was, was very good. Now, if, if this was 10 years ago, by the way, I would be arguing in favor of an adjunct professor because I've always said kind of what you just said, that I don't want to learn from somebody that can't. The idea that they're there because I can't get a job in their field in the real world does not make me in a big foot race to go have them teach me that which they actually don't know. The, the, the problem with that is that I've learned over the period of time, and this is, again, I'm with Miles on this. This is not a shot at you. But it feels like they often do a fog a mirror test. You're an adjunct professor. We don't have to pay you any benefits. You fog a mirror, therefore you qualify. And frankly, with what they charge, that ain't good enough. But the other, the other caveat I want to throw the, in this, and Miles, I'll switch back to you and Victor Davis Hansen, is that the three of us did an episode about three years ago and I can I can I can't get deep into the numbers, but I'll go by memory, and that's not a good sign. But the top fifteen employees at the University of Michigan made a million dollars plus each annually. And listen, guys, everyone listens to the show knows I'm Mr. Meritocracy. If you can generate that if if what you're able to do garners that for the company you're working for, I'm okay with that. If you're a rock and roll singer, a football player, whatever you're doing in life generates that kind of reward uh, structure, I'm okay with it. But we went through the list of the folks that were generating it, and it was simply physically not possible for those folks to generate the value of those dollars. And I thought, well, what in the world is the reason that they're getting it? The only answer, folks, was political then I'm just being honest with you. I've ran companies owned or ran my entire life. And so when I sit down and look at it, I'm looking at it through that vernacular. If you can't earn this for ABC 
widget company, whatever company I'm running, guess what? You're not going to make it unless you got a favor you can give me. And then that's the political side. And our universities that are state-funded in all the states that are hearing our voice ought not to have their faculty paid that way while they're taking folks like you, Ludwig, as an adjunct with years of high grade from your students and and put you out to pasture. I, I just think it's a very broken system. Miles, that's the only rant you're going to get out of me. Okay. <laughs> hey, by, by, by the way, the thing that jumped out at me, or at least one of the things that jumped out at me, yep. did you see that over the last little bit, faculty has only grown by 10%, but the administrative side of education has grown substantially larger. 150% versus 15% were the numbers. Yeah. And the pay for and the pay for the the higher end folks that you're talking about, like I mentioned, it's crazy money. I absolutely did notice that in this article. Tell me, Miles, I don't have it open. Where did you find that article at? So folks that want to know, I see it's you found it at the dailycaller.com. Yeah. Uh, listen, if, if, folks, if he's, Victor Davis Hansen is a contributor, if you want to know more about this topic, I, I strongly encourage you to go read that article and then get on DuckDuckGo.com and do some research of your own because it's the path to the future. And we have to decide if it's going to be a fair and open America where ideas across the spectrum are accepted or if we like the idea of having uh, the First Amendment stifled and you told to shut up and sit down if these folks don't like what you're saying. So, go ahead, Mike, go ahead, real Bob. quick. Yep. You, you talk about the money part, right? And yeah. These professors. I bring like, that up now and then, yeah. If I have a class of 40, yep. I make the equivalent of one and one third students' tuition. Right. That means 38 and two thirds tuitions going somewhere else. Right. Not to the person actually performing the job. And that's an issue. Now, I, I get it in a real in a business. I want to say a real business because college is a political business, but a real business, the owner has risk, so he should make more. The school's risk is minimized to nil because it's supported by government funds. Right, right. So so to pay me a one and a third student's tuition versus like you said, a full timer getting half or even three quarters of that classroom's tuition right. is a Exactly what they say they fight against of disparity in pay, but but, yeah, they're but doing it. But they're not they're not sincere in that fight. They're, I know that they're, you they're know use, that. They're using all of these controls, racial, gender, all of these things. They're, they're, folks, they're, let's be honest. Let's take a truth pill. They are not sincere about these issues. They're using them as part of their one percent campaign game. This is not this is not shocking revelations. Where I'm just being honest with you. They could give two hoots about any of that. And Ludwig, they could give two hoots about you. Listen, we've got to go to a break in a second, but I want to end this topic on a point. Folks, everyone, you got to know the reason I call him Ludwig von Wiedemdorski is because those screwballs would fire him if they didn't if they realized he didn't have an opinion that was in lockstep with theirs. You gotta think about that for a minute. You gotta think about that for a minute. That's about as un-American, and I hate to use that term as you can get. Folks, stay with us, and we will be right back.
Mike Hewitt here. Have you heard the true stories about Christmas truces? Here's a couple. North and South Civil War soldiers near the Rappahannock River exchanged Christmas cheer on Christmas Day, 1863. By the way, reading diaries and letters from soldiers on either side of the Civil War, common interests, fears, dreams, prayers, and pain. If not mentioned in the writing, you cannot tell which side the soldier served on. Think about that for a minute. How about World War I? About 100,000 soldiers participated in the legendary truce. No orders, they just stopped fighting and celebrated Christmas together. And the German and American soldiers, seeking warmth from the harsh cold, accidentally at the same cabin on Christmas Day 1944. They enjoyed a day of peace together. No matter how different we might seem, we aren't. Merry Christmas to you and yours from all of us. Please visit themikehewittshow.com or find us on Facebook. Listen, folks, it is Christmas, and so I got I got to take this minute that I'm normally asking you to visit me at themikehewittshow.com or find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm not going to do that this time. <laughs> I want to talk about Christmas for just a brief moment. I watch on social media where people are still out yelling, you're a rhino, you're a this, or you're a that. The other side of the great divide is calling themselves each other names are, are and, and often we've got we've got immediate families where there's disharmony over politics and and I pause and I and I think about all of those huge truces that were that were found by regular folks over the years in the middle of gigantic conflicts and I'm thinking honest to goodness it's christmas we're better than this so I'm asking you if I got if santa is real and I get a christmas present I genuinely mean, and I'm not trying to be trite, I genuinely hope that everyone can set aside their differences and enjoy a Christmas together. Watch it snow. In fact, I'm going to talk about snow in a second. Watch it snow. Do all those things. Be safe, but be merry and enjoy Christmas. Let Christmas into your heart. And I and I mean that passionately, directly, and earnestly. So I, let me stop for for the weather for just a second. Everybody's getting this big massive snow, and it's the worst since 1978. And I think, wait a minute, how can that be because of global warming? No, it's climate change. Well, it's climate change, but it's the same as 1978, which was the same as 1968, and the same as 1943. And I'm waiting, I'm starting to see a trend here. I just some of it gets comical, and I say that in good spirit. By the way, Miles Bauer, what are what are your uh, what's your weekend for holidays? You know, I'm just going to be reflective of what happened in 2022, and see if I can make 2023 better. Uh, amen to that, Ludwig. What are you doing for the for this uh, this big weekend? Family, it's uh. I, ironically, my wife's birthday is Christmas Day, which sucks because then I gotta try to make it even bigger. But uh, you realize she listens to the show, right? I'm just asking. I don't know why she would do that. I, I because so that she can hear you say those kind of brilliant things. She does though. She she downloads it <laughs> off the Apple Podcast. I know but, she does. Um, that's why I say it. I like to I like to get. Uh, You're one of those people that are constantly in pursuit of upheaval. Oh, absolutely. All right. <laughs> That's why I come here every week. Yeah, there you go. 
I'm just glad you, uh, I was going to talk about the little buddy doll you got, but I won't. But Ludwig, you're a Catholic, is that correct? Yep. So I'm reading, Catholic Church bishops are afraid to offend powerful Democrats. Uh, this is according to a defrocked priest, um, Frank Pavone. Um, and I'm reading this article from Fox News. But he goes on, says in his battle for the soul of the Catholic Church, calls some bishops Democrat loyalists. I, listen, to the, and the reason I'm highlighting this is, and it goes a little bit to the truth I'm talking about. There's, I can't think of an organization. I'm a Mason, so maybe the opposite of the Catholic Church. Is that what somebody would say? There, but there's a civil war. There's disagreement within that. Uh, within the within the Masonic Temple, the lodge. The rule is don't talk politics in lodge, because it's probably pretty close to evenly divided. And this defrocked police, I don't or priest, I don't know what he. I don't know why he's been defrocked, but obviously he's not a fan of the administration of the Catholic Church. He's not the topic. The topic is evenly split. The church is split. Is that true, Ludwig? Yeah, it's really bad. Um, <laughs> you, <laughs> the, I've had friends who wouldn't go back to a certain church be, because the priest was too leftist and it was openly visual. Right. And uh, now that he's gone, uh, he actually left the priesthood. Uh, we have another priest who came from another church who is seeing the other political leading, and now they're, uh, these parish parishioners are back. You know, one of the, the <laughs> one of the reasons I liked this topic is when I was when I talked about it in that sixty second spot that that Jared aired for us um, that if you read the letters of the Civil War soldiers and I'm not talking about generals, just people. They're just people, and folks are a fascinating read. But they're both praying. And well, wait a minute, you all are praying to the same God. I'm praying to you to defeat my enemy, said both sides. And I'm saying this on, on Christmas weekend because I got to tell you, folks, my faith says that Jesus and that God specifically, they're above this kind of argument. And, and if our churches forget the flavor of church, I don't care if it's non-denominational, Catholic church, I, I don't care about those things. The churches ought not to be engaged in this. If they're there to, to preach if they're there to, to introduce folks to a faith, that should be the end of their mission. And maybe I'm being very naive here. Um, at some point, I'm going to end up talking about the Department of Justice. That will prove my naivete when I get to that. But I, Ludwig, I don't, this is my opinion. This all, to, to my mind anyway, this all goes back to what you've spoken about a lot, about undermining the culture. If they can politicize religion, then they can end religion. Right. I agree with that. And, and I think that's the purpose of the division within the churches. I think that there is a concerted infiltration. By the way, I've mentioned the last couple of weeks in a row, I see an infiltration from far leftists within the grassroots of the Republican Party. I've been watching that from our, from our primary this year forward. I, 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 again, they're the 1% campaign masters. I see it in the church, to your point, Miles Bauer. Um, I, but I think that the preachers, I, I, and by the way, folks on the right won't agree with my stance here either. I think the preachers ought to be above domestic politics. 
Yep. I, and I, I have folks on the right saying, no, they need to be talking about this from the pul- pulpit. I, okay, but that's not my belief. My belief is is that they need to be above these arguments. I think you're right in most circumstances. And, and I think where the hang-up comes in most times is the abortion issue. And and I know that's what got some, some people frazzled. And I don't even want to say where they work or anything, but because – at my kids' school, they were no longer to even allowed to address the right to life pack when Catholicism says so much about conception being the start of life. And that is in scripture. Like, that's something that I think is where the hangup comes in. Here, now, taxes and all that other things, that's right. all political. The, the idea of life is where, in the Catholic Church, has become so politicized. I, but it's not political, it's what it says. And so teach I the agree. book. Teach the book. Um, and, and by the way, I've got, I've got, daughters that will debate me on the topic of of music in church i go to a church and i feel like i'm in a, a modern concert and that's that's great but when i go there when i want for me when it feels like church they're singing hymnals they're not they're not doing it's not a rock concert and <laughs> i think you're not that, supposed to go to be entertained l- listen i just think churches have really acquiesced in attempt to keep to win attendance and I think that that has caused them to lose attendance rather than gain. Well, real that, quick on the mic, because we're, we're down church's to, ultimate we're, goal is really to raise money. I, that's a, a fascinating point. We'll have to get to it when we come back from a break. But listen, we've got a lot of stuff we're going to try to fit into the next quarter. Folks, please stay with us, and we will be right back. All right, folks. Listen, guys. I I gotta I gotta do one more little thing about the Catholic Church, and then I want to hop into the FBI slash DOJ news. Pope warns Vatican staff on elegant demon lurking among them. He's referring to conservatives. He's calling them elegant, eloquent demons. This is the Pope. And listen, I'm not a Pope, and it's way above my pay grade. And Ludwig, I'm not a Catholic, so I got to target you briefly, and then I want to get into these other topics. But in my my faith tells me that this is very wrong of the Pope to do. What say you? Yeah, uh, no, it's absolutely wrong. This Pope is probably, in my opinion, it's at least he's the worst Pope in my lifetime. And when I talk to even older uh, people, they 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 don't like him either. He's not well respected and well renowned around the church because he's so anti. Western civilization, right? And he doesn't actually teach what Jesus, what we believe Jesus and Mary were, were for. He's teaching a political philosophy and trying to use scripture to back that. It's it's not uh, it's not very popular in the church. Yeah. And I know many people are waiting for the next pope. I I, I will tell you this, and then I'll move on. Um, it, it, to, to me, it's what I said before break. I think that politics doesn't have a business in church. That's my personal right. view. I just, yep. I believe that. And I know I'm going to get people from left and right excoriating me, and I'm okay with that. That's my belief. But to have the leader of the church purposely engaging in, in a, I can't even think of the word right now, but political uh, name-calling and all of that, I, I just think that's way beneath all of the folks that follow the church. That's the end of that, though. FBI responds to Twitter files disclosures, says it didn't request any action on specific tweets. Twitter files show that the FBI previously worked with Twitter employees and flagged specific tweets and accounts. 
And I ask again, this is my part, and I ask again, which founding father, I mean this sincerely, folks, which founding father would have supported a federal police that can only serve as a political police? I'm just telling you. And I'm not excoriating all the FBI agents, but nor, nor am I putting them on a pedestal, by the way. They're U.S. citizens. Uh, they may have a differing political belief than I do. But to me, the concept of federalism, states' rights, specifically the Tenth Amendment, that doesn't allow for an FBI to come in. And I listen, I grew up with police. Uh, and the, to, so you got a local potential crime and the FBI sw swoops in. Did it cross state lines? No. Then get the heck out of here. I, I, the only thing that they can do by the nature of, oh, Mike, J, J. Edgar Hoover, yeah, exactly. It has always been a hot political mess. Does it blow back in the winds, back and forth? Yep, because it's a hot political mess. And Miles, I'll go to you. You're the, the other seasoned citizen in the room. What say you? Am I all wet with claiming it's not a federalist policy? No, I, I uh, agree. The, the thing that jumped out at me by this statement is it seemed very arrogant, like they were talking down to the rest of us and basically just calling us uh, conspiratorial idiots. Right. I don't know. Did you did you pick up on that I, or no? I did, but I but I went one shade further and shame on me for saying it on Christmas weekend. But yes, they were being they were being condescending, but yeah. they were blatantly lying. The record documents, think about this for a minute, the record documents where they were at with the, the Russian nonsense, what their, their fingers were all over it. The record documents that they were before the FISA court. By the way, and I passionately believe there should be no such thing as a FISA court. Which founding father would have said, certainly you need secret courts? That is about the antithesis. Is that the court to even exist in it, the Constitution? It was absolutely antithesis of everything that that our system of government is supposed to represent. Folks, and I don't mean the Republican Party, but that is the exact opposite of what a small r Republican form of self-governance calls on us to have. And so I look for examples in history of national or federal police, and the very first one that comes to mind is Cheka. Look it up sometime if you're really bored. C-H-E-K-A, Cheka, early Soviet Union. It was a political police, and they engaged themselves in all kind of things that had nothing to do with policing or keeping people safe or protecting whatever, whatever precept, in our case, the Bill of Rights in our Constitution. Nothing to do with any of those things. You've got to think about that for a minute. The other topic I want to make sure I get off my chest is the Department of Justice, which I, I think even the name is laughable. Miles, I'm, I'm not going to get on a rant. You've got to help me. So what is your opinion of the Department of Justice, regardless of what party holds the White House? Yeah, it's it's been extremely evident over the last, I'd say, five to ten years that the Department of Justice is has been weaponized. And that that's scary because that that means we're no longer the USA that you and I as a 12 or 13 year old that 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 United States of America is gone. Um, I I agree. Um, it, it, and, and on that point, I'll, I'll even dial it a little bit tighter. 
it isn't, folks, i got to highlight what he's just said because it's, it's not going. It's not at great risk. It's not in peril. It's gone. And our task then, in my opinion, is not to save it, but to rebuild it. And that kind of effort does not start out with a bureaucratic protection force, which is what the DOJ is. It has absolutely nothing with being justice. It is, it is a bureaucratic protection force. That's what they do. And if the, and by the way, that's not new to the last 10 years. That'd be the only exception I'd make to what your comments were. Other than that, I entirely agree. But we could go back, we can go back to JFK's era. We can go back to uh, FDR's era and look at the variations of that department that have come and gone, and they've all been bureaucratic protection departments. And in a small-r Republican form of self-governance, I find that fearsome. Lud, what's your opinion? Yeah, I, I'm right on board the same thing you guys are with. Did, Miles, did I send you a picture of the of the pendulum that Ludwig uses? Yep. You saw, you yep. saw it? So folks, you got a picture of this. So you got the board, and on it has got sometimes, always, never, always, yes, no, and maybe. So Ludwig drops the pendulum, and wherever it stops is the position he takes. Is that true, Lud? It's what I told. I'm not advancing it. It's what I was told. I'm just trying to confirm. You you, you guys in the squishy stuff, I don't get it. <laughs> I start to feel like it's a weight thing. <laughs> oh, you've been in that college too long. Uh, I'm really offended right now. I knew you were going to add that. You said you just can't resist. All right. Now, Miles, you guys. I'm going to go to my safe space and just <laughs> yeah. cry a bit. There you go. <laughs> You know what? You know what, Mike? It it wouldn't be Christmas unless Lud was uh, completely offended. Now, but 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 Miles, you and I have been talking about his little buddy from when he was a kid growing up. Oh yeah. And we've we've pondered over the years what happened to his little buddy, and now we know it's it's in his safe place waiting on him. <laughs> it is. It's got a it's got a glass of milk, a plate of cookies. <laughs> and you know, I got I should you know I shouldn't pick on you guys because at your age, yeah. You know, you're not all there. Not getting and, fragile. There's some truth to that. There is, you know, and, and I don't want to give you guys' heart too much blood pressure, so I'm sorry. All right, listen, we're down to a couple minutes, and I got to ask you, Miles. You got to, I got to draw on your experience, wisdom, and education, because I genuinely don't understand this next topic. In fact, you questioned me before the show began about this being the biggest monster clickbait ever. Um, and you're right. And it's, oh, it's, God. We're I, not going there. I got I, I to ask. I do. I got to ask. Oh, no. What God, you... I'm going to de defer to you on this. <laughs> I absolutely do not want to talk about the prince and. I don't either. Miracle. I don't either. All right, Ludwig, you, I'm defaulting to the younger generation because you know so much. Foxnews.com opinion. There's, and this is their words, not mine. There's no mystery to Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. Meet two juveniles who can't deal with the real world. And my subnote to this is, why do people care so much? I didn't want to talk to Miles's point. I really don't want to talk about Meghan and Harry and the, the, the royal family, etc. Genuinely, I don't. That's not the topic. The topic is, why do Americans care so much, Ludwig? I don't know. I mean, I was raised in a world where princes die with such a empowering and fascinating figure and their whole relationship that in my world, that's 
all I know, and it's been that way. So it, it, I guess I defer to you guys in the older generation. It, it, tell listen, us why it, you guys care. I don't care, and I didn't care then either, by the way. I, we fought two wars to not have a royal family. And I, I two were were lots of treasury, and even more lives were lost to to seek freedom from that. And Miles, you called it monster clickbait. And I don't think those are your words, but close. And you're yeah. right because it fits. It's it's clickbait, but it tells me that they're getting a lot of activity on it. That drives me crazy. I I don't know. Listen, everybody, I want to wish you a very very merry Christmas from all of us. Thank you very very much for joining us. And we'll see you right before the new year. Be safe. Talk to you another time.